Hey YouTube and podcasting world, it's Fancy Quant, and today we're going to talk about finding that first job after graduation. Um, this video will be very general, it'll apply to most people, um, but there will be some of my storyline which might be specific to my career, but let's just dive on in. Alright, so in my final year of both undergrad and graduate school here, so in both time periods, um, I wrote a resume and I put everything on it that I thought would make me special and unique. And I thought employers were looking for someone who is, you know, very experienced and skilled, and they'd be getting this great value. And what I mean by this is I thought that, like, when someone's hiring, they would love to get a student who already had, like, one or two years of experience. And I'd already been working at a startup company doing uh, corporate finance, marketing analytics, accounting, uh, basically anything and everything, because startup companies need people that can fill the gaps wherever. So... I'd already done a lot of work, I filled out this resume, and then I went online, right, and I found all these jobs, and I'm living in eastern Washington, and so there's not really anyone close to me that's going to be hiring for a lot of these corporate finance, uh, investment banking, trading, algorithmic trading, you know, risk management, all these other jobs for grad school as well. And so I just wrote these resumes and I applied online, and I kept an Excel sheet of all the jobs I applied for. And I had a massive list of, I don't know, probably 200 from undergrad and probably around 100 from graduate school. And no surprise, in both these cases, no one really responded to me. I didn't really get any feedback. Um, from the undergrad perspective, I was able to actually make some connections with alumni and friends and stuff, trying to reach out and find contacts of contacts. And some people interviewed me, and it was awesome. I thought the interviews went really well. And then I never heard back. Like, it just went dead silent. So I think more or less these were just like a pity interview, like, hey, I know a friend of a friend. Uh, you didn't go to this target school. Most of these companies typically like to hire from target schools. And since my hometown doesn't have a lot of actual corporations there, um, they're not hiring locally. So somewhat of a mess here. So what is the big mistake that I made? Um, the thing I learned from graduate school, that's when I got my real job after college and grad school here, I started rewriting my resume because I realized that the experience that I thought was valuable didn't match the job descriptions. So I got to the point where I thought, you know what, I'm tired of like filling out all these applications. My resume obviously isn't working. I think I'm a great and amazing person, but I'm not getting feedback here, right? So what I ended up doing is going online and I encourage people to do this. Find the job posting um, for a job that you want. So, for example, I found risk management jobs, and I looked at the qualifications for these jobs, like, you know, minimum, master's degree, PhD preferred, and then they went down the list and said, like, you know, I prefer these types of degrees, and then also I want these specific skills. So what I did is I went back and I rewrote it and thought, you know, they want all of this risk management, statistics, and quantitative finance, like programming and mathematics skills. I didn't do a lot of that in my real-world experience, so I'm just going to shrink my real-world experience, which I had in undergrad, I believe. I had about six years of experience once I graduated undergrad. And then I had about nine, eight years. I think it's about eight years. Eight years of experience um, after graduate school. But at the end of the day, no one was hiring me. So I took that section of stuff I thought was super valuable and I just shrunk it down to like one or two bullet points and tried to make them as specific as possible to that job. So like for example, I worked in a startup when I applied for a, my, you know, this risk management job. Um, I started putting in there like I built models to help predict pricing um, for products at this company. And I listed it out. 
and I only had like one or two bullets. And then the entire top of my resume uh, was my education. I expanded my graduate degree and my undergrad. And I mentioned about, you know, all these stats classes that I had taken and all these different areas and topics I had covered because that's what the job description stated. So the goal here, if you want to get an interview with HR, so that first step uh, is trying to match the job description and your resume together. And I did this and I went and I applied. And again, I applied to a few jobs and a few months went by. Graduation came and went. I was unemployed, being evicted from my apartment. So I'm kind of freaking out. And then all of a sudden I get two phone calls. Um, so we'll get into the story here a little bit more. But I get the first phone call and this bank says, hey, we'd love to interview you on the phone. Um, you need to talk to HR. So I'm like, awesome. So I called up, had the interview. Um, I'd never really interviewed with too many people here. I'd already failed a bunch of interviews in the past. And the interviewer at this company was actually pretty straightforward and honest. So it made it easy. Um, but in general, when you interview with HR, they're gonna have simple questions. Like they're gonna take that job description that you matched your resume with and they're gonna ask questions from that. Like, hey, um, you know, have you done like time series modeling? And you're like, yeah, I've done time series modeling. I did it, you know, in my stats, you know, 586 or 506 class, whatever. Uh, and we built these types of models. So the key here is answering the question for HR, giving a short description of, yes, I've done this and here's a short example. And then they're gonna ask another question and another question. And most of it's gonna do with, um, again, just that sheet, that job description. So just stick to it, you'll pass the HR interview. Um, and then after that, I waited a few weeks and I got another call. And the, ne the next call was going to be a manager. They said, hey, a manager is gonna call you tomorrow. Um, there's actually two of them you're gonna talk to. They're gonna ask you a bunch of questions as well. So I said, all right, awesome. So then I went for the phone interview and I prepared and I studied all my stats books and tried to remember as much as possible. Uh, and I had two people interview me. They asked very specific questions related to business and finance, but a lot of them were all stats related. So they were asking me like, Dimitri, have you done, you know, I don't know, time series regression? Can you explain what stationarity is? Can you explain what an ADF test is? Uh, I actually missed some of the time series questions because I didn't study that before the interview. Um, I wasn't expecting it, but I still ended up getting an offer. We'll get to that. But a lot of the questions were around like basic stats. Like how do you build a model? So I had to answer the question like, well, you do variable selection. Uh, you have to do data cleaning, of course, beforehand. Then you go through the variable selection process and then you end up fitting a model and you do like outcomes testing. So I said, awesome, great. Let's pretend you have, and they gave me an example of like these two things and we're doing this model. How would you go about doing variable selection? So I gave like a general approach on this is how I would do it. And then they went into saying, okay, so you have this model and you built a regression and you did the outcomes analysis and this was a problem. So for example, let's say, I don't know, your errors are not normally distributed, what would you do? Okay, so you have to go through these steps. I really enjoyed this process. I enjoyed that it was like a conversation and feedback. So if you're interviewing, take note, um, try to make it a conversation, not like an interview or an interrogation. But I went through all this process and it went pretty well. And I hung up and I was like, I missed a few questions. I know I missed them. I kind of felt stupid, I'm like whatever. Um, maybe things will turn out, maybe they won't. So that was that, I was done. And then after the phone interview with the two managers that I thought went okay, they emailed me and said, hey, you did really well. We'd like to interview you in person. So. They set up everything, they fly me down to their actual headquarters office to be interviewed. I'm super excited, right? I've never been flown anywhere. I've never had someone pay for my hotel. It's pretty exciting. Um, so I was pumped about it. And so I studied a ton of the stats again, making sure I knew all these technical things. 
I knew I was going to have a bunch of interviews that day with a bunch of different managers and colleagues and everything. And so I flew down there and I get into town and I spent the night uh, walking around downtown, seeing kind of what it's like. I went to dinner down there. They put me up in a hotel. Um, It was all right. Okay. Everything was okay for the most part, except for that night. I had some issues with the hotel room. So I'm like kind of freaking out. So like the toilet backed up, but it's a super old hotel. And so I'm like, I don't know what to do, right? I'm just going to leave it because it's like, I don't know, 10, 30, 11 at night. I need to hurry and get some sleep. I have an interview in the morning. So I'm kind of freaking out. Um, so I finally lay down. I'm trying to go to bed. And then the door underneath these doors is like a two inch gap. And the halls are like concrete floors. And I can hear a bunch of party people coming back that night, just drunker than drunk, just yelling and screaming, whatever. So it's echoing in there. I can't sleep, right? You're kind of freaking out, right? I have this big interview tomorrow. I don't know what to do. Uh, I finally got a few hours of sleep again, get up early in the morning. So get up early, prepare, wear a suit, dress up, you know, make sure you're fit for the part. And then I went to the interview. Okay. And the interview was interesting. I sat down, I got there early. I waited, my time came, nobody showed up <laughs> um, 10, 15 minutes after my interview was supposed to start. I'm freaking out. Uh, somebody finally says, Hey, someone's running late. They'll come pick you up and they're going to interview you. Um, so I interviewed with them and they gave me this nonsensical interview process here, which I thought was kind of dumb, but they sent me down and they explained to me they had a PhD and they like working at this bank. So I'm trying to figure out what's going on here. And I'm expecting to be grilled about stats and models and all that. But they sit me down and they start telling me about how they have a PhD and they're so smart and they're better than everybody else. You know, and you only have a master's degree. So, you know, you'll end up, you know, being trained. You're going to have all this training. Okay. This isn't true. They never end up training me, right? That's <laughs> So I'm like, okay, great. Like I'm going to get some training. I'm excited. Um, she goes in, she interviews me, she leaves. She goes, someone will be with you in a few minutes. You know, here's a restroom, take a break. So I did that. Um, and then somebody else came in and the next person that came in, I believe, um, if I remember correctly, um, they were just another colleague of ours that would have been on the team. So they just sat down and they're like, Hey, like, you know, who are you? What are your hobbies? What do you like doing? Like, it was more or less a cultural interview. So the first one, they asked more about like kind of my educational background, but they didn't really interview me on any quant skills. The second interviewer, they came in, it was just a bunch of like nice, friendly questions, trying to get to know you. I think he was like the cultural fit guy, but he started talking about why he liked the city that we were moving to. And so I started asking him like, you know, you moved here from a different city and you have a family, for example, you know, how do you find the school system? How is the commute? Where do you live? Like I'm getting all this great details on that. And that interview went really well. So I'm super excited. But at this point, I'm kind of shocked. Like I haven't really had any stats. So I'm expecting it's going to be coming. And then I had a third person come in and they interviewed with me. And again, the same kind of concept as the first person. Like they had some general education questions. Uh, Where is I from? But again, nothing exciting. And then I went out to lunch with who would be my soon to be manager Again, similar concepts, right? They're trying to get to know who you are personally. And I'm really taken back at this point. I'm really like kind of confused. Like I thought this is going to be a super technical job. Why are they interviewing me on cultural stuff? Like this seems odd. And so I ended up finishing up the day with like one or two more interviews. Again, similar concepts, um, trying to learn more about me, my interests, my hobbies. But in general, it was just like a cultural interview. So I'm all excited. I think it went pretty well. I'm hoping to get a job offer, but I'm like, it's 50-50. I'm a little pessimistic. I just don't know. So I fly home. Um, I get another call on the phone from another company. They say, hey, we're going to interview you. 
will I talk to you on the phone with HR? Again, same process as before, right? There's the job description, HR is reading off the list, going through the process. Um, so you just kind of listen and say, yeah, that makes sense. Yes, I've done X, Y, and Z. Here's some examples. Pass the HR interview. And then they called me and said, hey, you know, why don't you just come down in person? Um, it's a little bit of a drive, but it's not too far. We'll pay you for mileage and everything. Just drive down, come interview with us, and then you can drive home. So I'm like, awesome. So I decided to take my wife with me. Um, I want her to kind of see the city and so she can explore and see like we might be moving here. Do you like it? Do you not like it? Like what's your feedback? And so we get in the car and we drive down and I'm running a little bit late, like five minutes late-ish. And I'm hurrying because I might be able to get there on time, but I'm not sure where to find parking in this new city. And there's this big building I have to find, I have to park. And I'm like kind of stressed out at this point. And I'm probably five minutes away from the building and all of a sudden my phone rings. So I pick up the phone, right? So I pick up my phone and I'm like, hey, you know, like this is Dimitri. And somebody's like, hey, this is so-and-so from this first company you interviewed at. Uh, we would like to make you an offer. So I'm like, awesome. Like, okay, <laughs> weird timing, but yeah, go for it. So they read me the number on the salary. Uh, they explain the benefits. They explain the position. They give me all these like details that you need. And they said, okay, like, are you gonna accept the offer? And I told them, give me like a few days. I've talked to my wife about it. So it's always a smart idea to think about it. Don't make a decision in the moment um, and just think about it. So I hung up and I told my wife how much they're offering me and we were both shocked. Like it was more than I expected. Um, they were also going to pay for me to move down there. So at this point, I'm pretty excited because the first company I really liked. I liked the fact that I had the technical interviews on the phone. Um, I liked the fact that when I went down there, I was treated like a human. Like they wanted to know me as a person, the cultural fit, so for me, this was huge. I, I think this is going to be a good fit um, just company-wise, culturally. I think my wife will like the city. It all looks like it'll be a good match. So I'm like, all right, I have right, you know, an awesome offer on the table. Let's go into this interview. So I go into this interview and I sit down and I interview with them and I start talking models and stats. And I'm going through a lot of technical questions because this interview, again, didn't have that phone interview at the beginning with managers. Uh, so we sit down and we're just talking stats and math and we're going through everything. And then the manager started going on about how afterwards they'd already hired someone the year before, but that person only lasted a year. And, you know, they're not looking for someone that's just going to come and hop and jump from place to place. You know, they're looking for someone to really do uh, high-end analytics. And again, you're going to be covering everything. Like this isn't like a one specific job. You're going to be working on model development across the entire bank because we're short-staffed. We need someone to dive in and just get things done. So I'm like, I like that factor. I like the flexibility. I like that I'm going to have a big impact. And so I told him, I said, I, I like everything I've heard so far. You know, I think this interview is going well. The guy says, yes, I think it's going well as well. We already interviewed with a lady that was one of the other managers or colleagues I'd be working with. Um, she was a little snippy and I don't know. I just didn't feel her too much. She seemed like she was a know-it-all. Again, being a know-it-all on either side of the equation here is not good for an interview. So don't do it. Um, but then I just told the guy point blank, I said, hey, I've got an offer from another company, from another bank. Like, I'm just wanting to be upfront with you guys. I like what you guys are telling me. I like living in the Midwest, for example. And I, I think it's be a good fit, but I'm just letting you know I have another offer. And they're like, okay, that's fine. But just to let you know, we don't play like the match competition game here. So like, whatever we give you, that's what we give you. Um, we're not gonna, you know, match them. So if they offer you like, even $5,000 more, we're not going to match it or we're not going to beat it. So whatever it is, it is. So I'm like, okay, like I understand. I'm fine. I really appreciate your time. They basically just scoop me out the door at that point. So 
I'm leaving and now I'm frustrated and my wife is asking, how is this going? So I'm having to explain like, I liked the interview for the most part, but they were super unprofessional in the sense that as soon as I try to be honest with them and upfront, they're just like pushing me out the door. Like, we don't want to finish this up because we think you're going to go somewhere else. And I kind of get it. But again, like it doesn't seem like you're invested in me. It seems like you only care about what you're going to get as a corporation. So I'm thinking about it. Um, again, their HR then calls me on the drive home. I haven't even made it home yet. And they call me to let me know that, you know, they're going to make an offer and everything. But they want to know right now if I'm going to take their offer or if I'm going to take the other offer, but they're not going to tell me the amount. I'm like, this is really petty. Like, just give me the offer. So I thought about it. said, let me think about it and I'll call you back because now they're refusing to give me a number. So I thought about it and I thought, you know what? The first company was much better. They were friendly. They were personable. A lot of them had PhDs and they were analytical. So again, I'd be doing what I want to do just like I would be doing at the second company, but the culture is so much better and the people are so much nicer. And so I thought about it and I thought, it doesn't matter. If they offer me $10,000, $20,000 more on the second job, I don't think I can deal with it. I mean, the guy was nice, but then again, you have a personality issue. Like you're so petty. You're like mad that people are leaving your company in the past. You guys won't give me an actual number. So I called them back, the HR person. I was like, hey, uh, you know, I really appreciate the offer. I appreciate your time, but I'm not gonna take this offer. Um, too bad. Like, I'm sorry about that. So they were like, all right, no problem. And they just hung up. That was it. That was the end of that. So I get home, pretty excited now. I'm confident I have one great offer, one great cultural fit. And so I called them and I told them, you know, I'll take the job and I'm going to move down there. So that was the process. A lot of the takeaways though, from this, I hope you kind of realize from more or less the storytelling here. One, like I mentioned before, um, to get a job or to get an interview, which is the first step. So the steps here are going to be interview with HR, interview with usually a hiring manager, and then usually an in-person interview. Um, to get the HR interview, though, you need to write a resume that matches the job description as best as possible. So this means if you're applying for two different jobs. So applying for like a risk management job was all statistics, which is what I wrote my resume for, not even realizing that's what I did. Um, but if I was going to apply for like an investment banking job, which is finance and business related, completely different skills, you need to write the resume so it matches that job description. Only at that point can someone in HR look at the job description, look at your application, your resume and say, yes, I think these are a fit. So HR people aren't specialists in any specific area, right? They're placing colleagues all over an entire bank or a firm or an organization they don't really know the ins and outs of every single job. And I don't blame them because, you know, I don't know all the ins and outs of everybody else's job at my bank. So you have to make the process for HR as easy as possible so that you get a callback. Okay. The second step though, when you have the phone interviews, make sure that you are prepared as much as possible for the technical questions for our job. Um, again, if you're going to be doing like a different type of job, like a business job, make sure you understand everything on your resume. So I ask questions usually specifically designed towards the resume um, and the job posting or the job description. Just focus on that. So for example, if you're gonna be interviewing for a job and it doesn't mention anything about like, I don't know, time series, don't focus on the time series part. If it talks about like credit risk and logistic modeling and scorecards, um, dive into that and do all your research specific to the job posting. It will do you know big wonders for you. You'll be far more prepared you might be like me and miss a few questions, but in general, you'll seem well-educated and well-rounded and be well-prepared. Also be prepared for the cultural questions because sometimes they do ask these in the first interview. 
So they might ask, you know, like, why did you apply to our company? Why do you think you'd be a good cultural fit? A question I like to ask is what is your management style or what is like your work style, for example? Be able to answer these things. Practice, practice, practice. I was an idiot. I did not practice at all. So I failed a bunch of interviews beforehand and didn't do very well. And then finally, when I focused down my resume and I'd already had all this practice failing all these other interviews, uh, I ended up getting um, these two offers because I interviewed well because I had so much practice. So make sure that you practice. Um, and then the third and final component here, or I guess the third component, I'll do one more. Uh, the third component here is going to be make sure that you understand the cultural questions, make sure you research the company, and make sure you have questions prepared for them. So when you're interviewing with people, right, and I interviewed like four or five people um, at the first company, a lot of them are cultural questions, but then I'm asking them questions like, you know, why do you like living in this city? Why do you like working at this company? How long have you been here? You know, I've been here 15 years, 20 years, whatever. I'm like, wow, that's a long time. You know, what makes you stay at this company? Take interest in them as well so that when they're done interviewing, they say, wow, we think it's a great cultural fit. We also think, you know, the technical skills are there, but a lot of it's going to come down to the cultural fit. Do you really fit the bank or do you really fit the company or whatever? Do you see that cultural fit there? That's gonna be crucial for sealing the deal because there'll be lots of candidates that have the same technical skills, but the cultural piece I think is what makes or breaks many interviews. And then finally here, number four is going to be looking at the offer and reviewing them. So I was in a weird situation. You're not all gonna end up in a spot where it's like one company's kind of mean and nasty and one's great and wonderful. But again, start thinking about the real impacts here. Like salary is the one thing everybody thinks about. That's important to look at but also start looking at benefits. So later on in my career, I ended up taking offers that had massive, essentially salaries or wages, and then it had essentially horrible benefits or they had no benefits, and I ended up finding out that many jobs that paid significantly less had an overall compensation that was higher because those benefits cost me so much money that I had to pay for. So for example, I had a job where I had no health insurance, I had to pay for it out of pocket, it was a nightmare, and it cost me a ton of money. So. Think about those, think about other factors as well. Would you like working with these people 40, 50 hours a week? If you do, it could be a great fit. If you don't like these people, it's gonna be miserable. So you're probably not gonna like the job. Um, also look at all the benefits as I mentioned here. Like, do you like the city that you're living in? Um, do they have any weird benefits? Like I like to work from home a lot. These companies offered this to me. I didn't think it was a big deal at the time. Now it's like one of my biggest make or break points for company offers, right? You could offer me, I don't know, an extra 10 or $20,000. And I would look at it and say, well, can I work from home? And it's like, well, no, it's like, it's not worth it for me. I like to work from home. So anyways, those are my tips for getting a job. And that's kind of my story on how I got my first job, right? So specializing that resume, preparing well for the technicals, doing well in the cultural interviews, taking interest in everybody that you're interviewing with. But that's kind of the wrap up here. So thanks for listening and watching. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And as always, until next time.